Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Stephen McCoy. You are listening to Sessions with Stephen, and today we have filmmaker and visual artist. He's here to promote his new film, Sprinter, Mr. Storm Stalker. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. How are you doing? I am great. Um, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Uh, I know that you've been doing some amazing, great work. Um, I was glad a copy of uh, of the movie Sprinter, and it was amazing. Like I, I from from beginning to end, it was very cinematic as well, in the way that it was shot. Um, I loved everything about the film. Um, yeah, tell us about it. I mean, I mean, it showcased so many various storylines from broken relationship, dreams and aspirations, bad influences, and they even dive into like the scamming business, which I found was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, well, for me, I want to tell a story about a few things. You know, I was obviously I was really interested in the world of track and field, and you know, obviously Jamaican track and field being where it's been for a long time, being so dominant in sprinting, you know, the world is interested. And also I wanted to tell a story about a, a Caribbean family, um, that a modern Caribbean family, and also just kind of take a look a little bit more closely and in a more nuanced way at, you know, grow, coming of age and, you know, what it means to be a man in this kind of Jamaican or Caribbean sense and uh, I've always been fascinated with that moment of going from a teenager to an, a young adult and trying to figure out your way, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, and in a way, this character is kind of doesn't really know who he is, and he, in a way, he's performing for various people. Um, and, and, and his whole goal is trying to figure out what his, his drive is. Um, and also, you know, at the end of the day, track and field is really a vehicle to tell a story about where this society is at this point in time, uh, and um, kind of was a story exploring family and the evolving definitions of, of family. I had Del Elliott, uh, who is your lead actor in the film, and he spoke mm-hmm. to me about how it's actually kind of almost one, like 80% of his life or something. It's crazy. With you directing this film, was there anything in this film that was related to you? Yeah, for sure there was. Um, one, the the, the the story of the young boy trying to get back his mother, that was something that um, I was dealing with issues of, of missing my mom. My mom passed. Um, mm. It's been a very rough thing to deal with. And, uh, I'm sorry to and it's something I was processing. Yeah, man, respect it. It's something I was processing. And I was therefore, like, interested in developing a character that had lost his mom, but perhaps if he could only, you know, run fast enough or, or achieve mm. some goal, he could get back to her. So right. that was kind of like a key motivation that um, I was, you know, working through myself. Uh, that the key motivation for this character that they're also working through, you know. So, so there was that. Um, but beyond that, you know, I grew up in Jamaica. Jamaica's my my homeland. I grew up in the country. I'm, I've lived in the countryside, the city, the mountains. You know, I know kind of the vastness of of, of my country and my people and how, you know, Jamaica because we um, are so impactful and I've been so impactful, you know creatively, whether in music or otherwise, 
you know, people know Jamaican pay attention, but also certain kind of stereotypes do emerge or kind of become stereotypes based on and what people think they know about us. And my goal was to not only show people a little bit of what they think they know, but to really expand their understanding of, of who Jamaican people are and our world and our influences. Why do we run this fast? Why are we certain ways we are? So for me, I just wanted to find ways that felt natural that could kind of show the, the breadth of, of who we are as a people. Yes. And I, I was I was really, really happy to see that. Because the truth is there there is so many stereotypes on how Jamaica your home is. What was the process like? I mean, just from filming, finding funding for the film? Um, for me it it, it took a few years. Uh, you know, I had the idea. I kept rewriting the first like thirty pages for like a year and then the first seventy pages for like another one. All the while doing workshops at different festivals, including the Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival and others, just <laughs> developing and um, and refining what I felt that the characters were and the themes were. And the interesting thing is, is, is once we honed in on what the, the script was, you know, once I got the script to the final moment, um, we were actually shooting within like five or so months. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting, you know, you take forever replaying and rethinking and working on this, this this document. But once you actually kind of step forward, things really start to move. So, you know, the overall time it took from the idea to it being on the screen to a, a public audience, um, four years easily, you know, probably too that long. Yeah. And I don't wow. I that's not even a very long time in movie movie terms. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's true. But it's, yeah. it's, it's years. <laughs> it's years. Um, and also, you know, as I as I, I came up with the idea and then I was lucky enough to get opportunities to work on sets for, for um, athletic commercials. You know, I got opportunities to work a lot with Puma. I still work with them a bit. Um, and uh, obviously through them, and work, I was able to work with Usain Bolt and with other athletes that they sponsor and, and other... Um, companies that's possible. So I got the opportunity to be around athletes a lot. And I got an opportunity not only to do commercials, but to also do like small documentaries and actually like shadow some of these athletes through their training, follow them mm-hmm. from their dorm room in the morning, through morning training, evening training, speak to their coaches. Now I was able to do that separately, but all the time I was researching Sprinter and kind of learning a bit of the ropes and just examples of how student athletes live. You know, I think that's um, amazing. Yeah, that was great research. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it was. Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously you've done a lot, but for those who 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 aren't familiar, how did you get started? Um, well, for me, I was always a creative. You know, my parents and my family is a family of creatives. We were always encouraged to express our creativity in whatever medium you know, art, fine art, photography. For me, photography went, I was really into that, and that moved to cinematography um, and editing. And um, I actually started uh, after going to, you know, I was actually in a movie when I was pretty young in Jamaica, and I worked on sets and so on, and then I went to film school, and I started to, to PA, so I was a production assistant, on a lot of music video sets in Los Angeles, in the States a bit, 
Um, I ended up working in music videos. Director X um, yeah, was yeah. once Little X. He was he's one of my mentors. You know, when, yeah. I, when I was pretty young, like 17, 18, um, we mm-hmm. met each other. He was scouting a video in Jamaica. Um, the, the local producer, Maxine Walters, you know, gave me an opportunity to be on set to speak to him on a location scout. And I don't know what I said to the guy, but I said something that must have been impressive because he said, you know, we're going to give you a camera and a crew and you're going to shoot second unit. So uh, all of a sudden I was shooting second unit on a music video with X and he encouraged me to move to New York City, which I did, and uh, and uh, to work on videos. And I became a visual artist and ex- doing experimental film. I always knew I wanted to make feature film, but on the yeah. road, route to feature film, I spent a lot of time TAing, working on set, directing second unit, doing experimental video art, um, actually exhibiting a lot of, of art and video art. And... Um, I spent a lot of time in the U.S. just trying to build myself up and learn the ropes. And funny enough, I had to renew a visa. And um, I came back to Jamaica to renew the visa. It was taking long. There was the hurricane happened when I was here. And all these people kept delaying my return. And I said, you know, why am I rushing to go back to America to try to tell their stories? You know what I mean? When mm. the cinematic landscape here in Jamaica and to some degree the wider region is is still to be defined and I can play a, a big role in doing that. And also the stories I feel close to, the way I view the world is as a, a Caribbean citizen. So I stayed and myself and a, a group of filmmakers, including my brother, um, Niall, who's actually right here beside me, we and, uh, started making stupid. films. <laughs> yeah. Niall, yeah. I'm a big young podcast. So, yeah, um, so we started working together, making shorts, you know, we had a, a film festival called the Flashpoint Film Festival that my parents were also heavily involved in. And um, we just built and built and built, you know what I mean? And uh, and, and I've, I've always been making films, um, commercial stuff, experimental art. I'm always exhibiting my photography and video and installation. So I kind of see myself as a, as a multidisciplinary artist. And for me, you know, when I look at mediums, cinema is to me the most powerful ultimate medium so it's always like the the, the pinnacle for me wow i mean it's just it, it's clearly with the journey for you and also even yep. a blessing in disguise for the um for you not to come back to america right away because of i mean look yeah. at how this film came out um you yeah. decided to put everything into your culture to tell the story of your culture and um yeah. i think that's awesome and i i just i'm wondering i mean even when i was watching a film i'm just like you as the filmmaker like i'm sure there was a lot of doors shut um because no one it, as far as in the hollywood world it's almost like uh, anything to do with culture or our color or anything like that. It's like they don't want to deal with it. Did you have to deal with a lot of rejection on on your way to success? Yeah, definitely. Rejection is a big part of it. Um, you know, or you know, you work hard. You hope people see the vision. And some, sometimes people don't see it, or sometimes you're not telling it right, you know. And sometimes mm. rejection forces you to refine your 
skills um, and your ability to tell stories. So, you, so rejection, you can turn rejection into something positive if you really try to take the, the lessons from it. And also, you know, the more it happens, you, you always push through. You have to be like water. So you're going to come up against obstacles, you know. But you have to find a way to go around, go over, go under, or go through it, you know. Um, mm. And you have to obviously adjust and, and mold and shape and and be a good collaborator and do all these things to to be able to get there. And and there's still spaces that I would love my work to play in and and that still aren't opening themselves up to the work. And I realize sometimes the people just aren't seeing it, you know what I mean? A lot of people who are deciders of things, once you're a decider of what's hot and what's not or whatever, you occupy that position for long enough, you're going to ultimately lose touch with what's moving on the ground. You know, look at an amazing film like The Burial of Kojo. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, Blitz, great Bridget and, and a great filmmaker, you know, he said something about that film being rejected from every single major film festival. And now it's one of the most, the best-reviewed films of the year, you know. Right, um, right. So somebody didn't see something, you know. Some of these people deciding what was worthy of having, they didn't see what was right in front of them. And that right. happens to all of us when we're coming with new stories. And I think that's, that's what happens in the art world. I mean, look at Basquiat. They thought Basquiat's work, like, was not, you know what I mean? Was mm-hmm. worthy of the museum when it came out. And now Basquiat's work is mashing up all the museum works. Absolutely. It's touching you. It's like electric. And you know what I mean? So, but they didn't, a lot of people didn't see that. So it just takes time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but thankfully, there's folks like, there's folks like Ava DuVernay who distributed my first film, Better Must Come. You know, I went to a lot of rejection with that and a lot of people not opening it up until, um, and then they, they saw it and she launched Array and put that film out. And now, you know, folks like, uh, Overbrook, Will and Jada and other folks that are truly successful in, in, the, the industry are also yeah. recognizing the relevance of these new stories. So it's we're shifting it now. Let's just keep pushing. Yes, absolutely. And you know, when you hear your story, you can't help but think like, wow. I mean, because you've had so much success throughout life, but you often wonder like, hmm, this guy had to probably deal with a lot of patience. I mean, especially being a boss there. Uh, 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 being the filmmaker, mm-hmm. being the writer, being the producer, I assume that there had to be so much patience. Have there been days for you where you felt like pulling the plug on things, or did you feel uh, were there any fear, or did you always know that it's gonna happen? It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. There has definitely been rough days, man. I've definitely shed tears. I've definitely. I've never felt like pulling the plug on something that was already happening, but in a sense, you can pull the plug of your true, like, creative investment and confidence in a thing. I've definitely had moments where, you know, you have a vision and, you know, there's folks that might be standing in the way of your vision and uh, not kind of giving you the freedom to explore. And it is extremely frustrating because, you know, you know what you want to see, but then you also know that you have to be a good collaborator, you know, and you have to find ways. And it's always a balance you have to strike. And I've definitely had moments where I felt like, you know, whatever, you know, fuck it. I'm just, however it turns out, it turns out, 
But then I go back and say, man, I can't think that way because I put so many years in and this has to be the best version of itself. And thankfully, you know, I feel like this film, that's where this film ended up, you know, it ended up in the best version um, of, of itself and people are responding. So, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, when, it, when a journey goes the right way, um, you kind of, you forget about the obstacles sometimes, but they were, they were constant. For sure. Even with Will and Jada coming into play, how was that? How did they get in on exactly producing the film? Well, um, they the, there was a relationship with um, their company Overbrook and Rob Mailer, the producer yes. and, and sprinter, yes. and me and mm-hmm. Rob connected. Um, we had connected before we decided to work together on Sprinter. Um, uh, but we did ultimately connect and, uh, you know, kind of linked. He, he was, you know, pretty instrumental in, in um, helping me to get the, the script to the, the point he needed to be at. And we, you know, he had a relationship with Overbrook and was able to put the, the, the script in front of them. But more than that, it was just the right serendipitous moment where we had a great script. Um, their company was um, put looking for, to put their energy behind emerging voices. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the right moment when someone is paying attention and you put it in front of them. Um, and, uh, that's kind of what happened with, with Overbrook and I think, and then, then I had a developed relationship with Usain Bolt and with Puma and they knew that they were going to, you know, somehow be involved. And I think they just saw this is going places, you know, let's, let's be a part of this. And, yeah. and obviously that was great. That's yeah. that's so great. Um, I'm looking forward to to seeing like how this goes because I mean this film is amazing and all of you guys out there, you guys have to see it. What's next for you? For me, I mean creatively, like other projects. Um, yeah. You know, well, the first obvious goal is getting Sprinter across the world. Um, that's major. Um, and next, you know, I'm adapting a, a novel. Um, oh. called John Crow's Devil by Marlon James. Um, and I am also developing some um, episodic TV um, projects. Uh, and the goal is to develop a slate of projects that um, we can get funding for and kind of really dig in and really start to, to produce and get work out in a, in a quicker way. Um, thankfully, the world keeps changing, and the need for content is so huge. So I'm excited to be. I'm excited for this moment right now. That's awesome. And we definitely will be staying tuned into all that you have coming up. And make sure that you guys definitely check out the movie Sprinter. It is amazing. I am very proud of you. Yeah, your story is just so inspirational, and you. Just know that it was a journey, and you know the journey isn't over yet. But I mean, yeah, there's brighter, there's brighter towns on the road right now, so that's a good thing. I picture maybe you guys will have like a whole big celebration. I know Jamaicans love the party, so <laughs> yeah, party hard. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, yeah, congratulations um, on all your success. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the energy and the support and and, uh, the motivation. So I, I respect, man. Hey, subscribe now.